right, welcome to Inside the Loop. Today is May 12th, 2020, and I think the world is almost back to normal, kind of. There's some optimism going on. Sports are starting to talk about when they want to come back. Uh, Jared, have, have you gotten any news on what's going on? Good morning, everyone. I uh, hope we're all good. Um, I'm probably the farthest person removed from society when it comes to getting any news about anything, so I'm probably a super un really bad source for any question that regards anything that's not the NBA or what, like Fortnite, so. Uh, wow, okay. So, other than the world, <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about today's guest before you spoil it? Well, I was literally about to spoil it, but I mean, imagine. So before, <laughs> before Jared talks about this, he's already done the full podcast before we recorded. <laughs> And I had to stop the conversation like five times because we still had to record it. So I think, are you excited? Oh, I'm any more questions? I'm, I'm super, oh, I've got, I, look at this. All right, good. Jared did his prep. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad. Sometimes I'm scared Jared doesn't do anything. But show what up. are you talking about? <laughs> Jared's working on stickers, by the way, and shirts. And so. merch. There we go. We're, we're, uh, we're actually, that's, that's when you know you're official. That's when you have t-shirts and hats. No free ads. Uh, all right, so I'm going to give it. our introduction to our uh, guest of the uh, week. Uh, here we go. Our guest today is a certified badass. He grew up in the neighborhood of Tanglewood, or also known as Tanglehood. Tanglehood, yeah. He is one of five boy siblings where he held it down as a middle child. He followed in his older brother's footsteps and tore it up on the Post Oak Little League baseball fields when he wasn't digging into a Post Oak concession stand burger, which is where he may or may not have discovered his passion for food. He later attended Episcopal High School where he continued his baseball career before attending TCU. After college, Bryant pursued his interest in the culinary world by submerging himself in cultures outside of the US where he has learned the skills he possesses today. He eventually committed a year to living in Melbourne, Australia where he worked under the renowned chef, Neil Perry at his staple restaurant, Rockpool Bar and Grill. He then returned after a life-changing experience in Australia to start up his own gig. He started up Your Table Catering, which eventually expanded into the birth of True Craft Market, which is where we are right now recording. Bryant specializes in an assortment of Texas dishes or Texas coastal cooking, which uses live, live open wood fires and a smoker. It's our honor to have the head chef, owner, and full-time dish boy, Bryant Reckling, on the podcast today. How the hell are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We're uh, we're happy to be here. I put that one together yesterday and uh, tried to spice it up as much as I could. Yeah, that was like spicy. That, that was that dish boy. Like some good old yeah. chicken curry. Shout out. Right that there. was the only that was the only request Bryant had <laughs> yeah. was just make sure I'm a dish boy. <laughs> okay, so before we jump into uh, the life of Bryant Reckling, we got a few questions that we usually just open the floor with to get get the nerves settled, Jared. Hit him with your question. Um, am I allowed to ask about cooking, or should should this be a lifestyle question? Uh, go lifestyle first. Okay, um, Bryant, what? Before we get into diving into cooking, which we've been doing, but just, like, who is somebody that you, you would really like to meet, like, kind of outside of the world of, like, the culinary arts? Or, like, hang out with? And maybe if it helps, like it can be culinary. Like, and maybe it, like, it can it be culinary. Oh, uh, like like Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to meet Gordon Ramsay. I think he's he's a big idol of mine, honestly. Uh, but like outside of the the cooking world, it'd probably be somebody in the business world, maybe like Mark Cuban or uh, 
was it Jim Crane, the Astros owner? Yeah. Somebody, somebody that that has had like a lot of success in business and you know kind of taking chances. I I admire people that uh, really take risk, but but they also have high reward. Mm-hmm. So I think that I mean I think it takes a certain type of person to to be able to take that that sort of risk. Uh, so I think those are those are a few people that I'd probably. I think that's the best answer we've got. That was a great answer. Um, can we get back to Gordon Ramsay? Do you run your Do you run um, Truecraft? Anything like uh, Hell's Kitchen? It, it's pretty similar sometimes. You know, <laughs> we uh, I've thrown a few pots, <laughs> or maybe not pots, but pans. Uh, it, it gets pretty intense in there sometimes. I think they say if, if you can't handle the heat. You got to get out of the kitchen, See, right? that was exactly what I was talking to Tucker about because I Jared think... Jared was scared to walk in today because he thought he was going to run into Gordon Ramsay. Like, that was chill, chill. I think that cooking is a full contact sport. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you, it would be, I feel like it would be fine if people in a kitchen were wearing pads and a helmet. Yeah. Like, don't you agree? Yeah, no, yeah, and, totally. And so I was telling Tucker that cooking is a full contact sport. It's very dangerous. It's a highly dangerous full contact sport. And it was one of the most, what is yeah. that from? That's from <laughs> my knife. Um, as Bryant shows a gash on his hands, <laughs> um, what's that from? Yeah, I, I, uh, I was sharpening my knives the other day and I decided to try to pick it up by the blade, and it didn't didn't work out the way I, I planned it to work out. Wow! Yeah, that's so, a, that, that, that's a, that's pretty common, you know. So that my question is, what's the worst kitchen injury that you've had? The worst kitchen or, injury or sitch? Definitely. Uh, I mean, there's something that happens pretty much every day to where it's like. Wow, that kind of hurts. It's common to see a cook or a chef have duct tape. Yeah, over I mean, their fingers. I think some people say, or like, uh, I think it was Anthony Bourdain said, like, you can judge the difference between like a chef, and, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit before. Is like, like somebody that actually gets their hands dirty compared to like the just like celebrity chef kind of. You can tell by by the the way that their hands look. Like they have burns That's and, cool. and yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. I uh, about that. And or what, what? What was your question again? Just the, oh, the worst. worst yeah, the worst uh, injury. It was actually like kind of when I first started cooking, and you know, I've I've always kind of just gotten like I'll buy equipment and whatnot, and I bought a mandolin. And I don't really. I'm not a like big direction reader. I kind of just figure things out on yeah. my own, and so I get get a lot uh, a lemon one day and a mandolin has like a really sharp blade on it and it's a you you hold it fixed to the table and i'm just like slicing it like this and i slice like half my thumb off <laughs> and it was it was actually the the fourth of july yeah it was the fourth of july and uh, so i was home alone and i didn't have any tape or anything like that i ended up having to drive myself to the to the emergency room i was fine but it was definitely that was that was like the worst time i've ever cut myself but that i mean that's probably i'm lucky but there's there's definitely people that have i've heard some horror stories of people's like legs going in fryers and stuff like oh that. my god <laughs> that sounds horrible yeah 
Damn, okay, that was... Crispy chicken legs. No, that's not right. <laughs> Yeah. All right, Jared, you asked who you could sit down with. I'm gonna say, what's your morning or bedtime routine? And this probably has to plan like when the shop opens. Cause I know you, we were just talking about how you were doing breakfast and we've recently switched up to, to going to dinner. And so maybe your uh, routine in the morning switched up, but what's typically like a morning or like bedtime routine? I mean, it's usually like, like I, I spend probably 12 hours a day here, like on, on a normal day. And mm -hmm. if it's war, like, if it's more than that, it's probably 14 or 15. I come in every morning and I drink coffee. It's kind of like what I did this morning. Okay. Like I, you know, this just feels like a pretty typical morning for me. Uh, but I'll kind of get the shop going and I'll, I'll get all the equipment turned on and everything and kind of just get ready for, you know, organizing what, what we have on the, we, we take a lot of pre-orders for our catering stuff. And so I'll just kind of make sure that everything's organized because that, that's a big part of it. And that Brandy preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Brandy like organizes us so well. Brandy's so like, his wife. Yeah. Uh, and so like at the end of the day, she'll kind of organize us and then I'll come in the next morning and, and make sure that like we have everything that we need to do or that, that we need, uh, whether that means that I need to, you know, talk with my food suppliers to order stuff or prep out something else or, or make sure that our guys are, you know, ready to go. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, you, you're you here well before y'all start cooking, and I'm sure you're here well after you stop cooking. Right. Okay, and then this is the last warm-up question, but what was your last Google search? Last Google search? It's probably the Superfryer 8000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, you know. Actually, that's so funny. You said that. Uh, I've, I've, I've uh, found a fascination with, with restaurant technology and like AI, and I've like really been like looking into all this uh, robots, basically that that you like put in a kitchen. It's kind of crazy. The the technology that's coming out of uh, out of California and in San Francisco. I, I don't know that much about it, but I mean these things can like cook hamburgers and Brian's gonna order a robot from Silicon Valley not read the directions open it up and this thing's gonna chop his hand off yeah, yeah it's gonna it's like gonna attack. it's gonna like I robot us or something <laughs> oh my gosh alright those are good answers alright so we're gonna dive in uh, just kind of going chronologically uh, from young Brian Reckland to where we're where we're at now so like I said in the intro you're one of five brothers, but at one point you were one of three with Matthew and Steven being older than you. Did you find, did you learn anything from that? From being, I mean, I guess the youngest at one point and then ultimately being kind of like the middle brother? Yeah, I mean, I've kind of always seen myself as a middle child, even before JP, my youngest brother, was mm -hmm. born. Um, you know, I was kind of always like the, the little whipping boy as a, as a child and I'm a, I'm a I'm a homebody for sure so I you know I never uh really put myself out there until college really and I mean our like my relationship with my brothers has taught me definitely a lot about you know a lot of different things and yeah. and uh I wouldn't change it for anything like I I love that we have you know five boys and, and my mom is a saint for for putting up with us <laughs> do you ever want a sister so so I have a, a 12 year old brother so we're 16 years apart and the same parents everything uh, 
and we all thought we were all convinced. I guess when my mom got pregnant the last time that it was that it was going to be a girl. Yeah, that it was, was going to be, be a girl, like and she's going to be like the most spoiled, like you know, <laughs> just just completely protected, like you know. Imagine, female. imagine <laughs> being a boy and like trying to date a girl, a the girl youngest of five older brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like way true. older brothers. Yeah, like what do you even do? Like, oh hi, like all these guys are like business owners and like super tough, and you're just like a kid that's like mediocrely good at Xbox, and you're just like, <laughs> oh, like I. Hi, like I'm here, you know. Everybody's like, get out. Like, yeah, I mean, every everybody was like convinced that JP was gonna be a girl, and and when it happened that he was a boy, it was like everything was right. Like, it was like, it yeah, it's meant to be. Yeah, it was like this isn't supposed to. Like he's not supposed to be a girl. So were you like, was was there any, not like not like under the table like betting, but was there like a we need to have a girl sort of talk or was it like this fifth boy is going to be a lot you know i think i think it was probably like everybody was like kind of whispering that it was going to be a girl but then it ended up being a boy and now my my parents or my i guess my older brother my oldest brother has a daughter and then my second oldest brother has two daughters so it's kind of worked out to where it's like my mom still like got her girls but has grandkids um Okay. So it's kind of it's kind of worked out in that sense, uh, you know. So she she'll have some some granddaughters to spoil, and then she can hand them right back right. to her parents whenever that's. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Matthew and you mentioned Stephen. Were there ever any like fights growing up? Did you get beat up? I mean, no. You know, I I'm Imagine actually it got rowdy. I actually probably the only time I mean Matthew and Steven definitely probably beat me up the, the only ones that that I really remember though is me like throwing the first punch and like <laughs> well you have to as the youngest yeah you like one I mean? time or not the youngest but. one time I uh I can't remember what we were even fighting about but Matthew Matthew and I used to butt heads for sure and and it's so funny now because we're we're like so close and it's uh but Matthew one morning this is before school Oh, oh God. God. <laughs> so, yeah. so early. Yeah, and we were fighting about something, and he said something to me, and I just, like, punched him in the face. <laughs> and his nose just is bleeding all over the place. And he had, like, a white, you know, Kincaid yeah, T-shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. on. And just, like, it was – and I ran. I, I, like, punched him, and I, like, ran and, like, locked the door. <laughs> like, it was, like, hiding. You have to, like, sit in the car together, like – yeah, I'm sure. Dude, I could. Throwing a punch at seven fifteen in the morning is so ridiculous. That yeah. means that the beef is real. Yeah. Because because <laughs> if somebody is already under your skin and the sun hasn't even risen yet, like you, it's it's probably <laughs> real beef. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go to sleep thinking about it, and you wake up and you're still mad. At yeah. L- luckily we've luckily we've gotten over that since since that beef. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh my. Okay. So, are there any other stories growing up? that like stick out to you like yeah I got in some big trouble after I did that and this could be it doesn't matter it could be like when you're young it could be like middle school high school see I've always been like kind of a rule follower though so I like I can tackle like that, yeah. I uh I don't necessarily nothing really that like sticks out to me that like I was a pretty straight laced kid like I you know I had a little bit of fun in high school and yeah. college and whatnot but like I typically try to stay out of trouble and yeah. I I try and steer some of my friends out of, <laughs> out of that's trouble. Good. That's kind of like how I am. I, well, not 
since we have Brian here, Hunter, Brian's uh, other little brother is one of my good pals. And I was a rule follower. Like I wouldn't even go rap houses. Like I was scared of doing that. Okay, that's just soft. That's yeah. not <laughs> no, being no, no, a rule but, follower. That's just being soft. And so I actually got out of car once and I did it and I was with Hunter. And this is one of Hunter's friends at King K. And of course, the only time I get out of the car is when the house are rapping their older like brothers and friends pulled up to the house and we were there and I was chased. Like they got out of that car and they chased me and I was tackled. <laughs> this, guy, this guy was I don't know, in high school, I was in seventh grade and they tackled me on a yard and they pinned me down with my, on, like my shoulders, like pinned my shoulders down and he was on top of me. He's like, who are you? Who are you? And I just name dropped Hunter. I was like, I'm with Hunter Reckling, I'm with Hunter Reckling. And they're like, oh shit, get up, get up. <laughs> So and then after that, I was like, Hunter, like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> like, this is, of course this would happen. All right, well, moving on to uh, the high school days. And this is when I met Brian. When, when, when Brian was in high school, this is when I showed up to the Reckon's house after, I think I was 11. I was, your dad was my coach for the Yankees with, uh, with Hunter. And so I showed up and... I think Matthew's already in college, so it's like Bryant and Hunter at the house, and Bryant's probably like a senior in high school. I started coming over, and I don't know like what broke the ice, but like I started messing with Bryant here and there. I'd always pop my head in his room for some reason, and it got to the point where Bryant was like, get the f- out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I thought it was so funny. It was kind of like I, I didn't have a bigger brother, so like at like some point when I went over there, I was like, oh, like I'm yeah, gonna, no, I'm it's gonna mess awesome. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know they low key love you, but it's just like they have to be mean because that's the role. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you gotta so, be the the tough older brother, right? Yeah, and I would like run back to Hunter's room and be like, dude, Brian's so mad at me, <laughs> yeah. giggling. Uh, okay, Hunter would be like, what's new, right? Yeah, he would just like shake his head and he's like, he's gonna. I think Ryan threw a couple like dead arm, like punched me in the arm. Oh yeah, you think he's mad at you? Well, he punched our older brother in the mouth. I never got any. I never got any seven a.m. punches to the face. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's you got to work for that one. That's how you know you're on my good side. Yeah, it's a process. Yeah. Uh, all right, so in high school, Brian was a baseball player, believe it or not, and third baseman, lefty bat. Uh, really? Yeah. When did you figure out you swung left-handed? You know, I was actually pretty confused as a child uh, when it came to golf. Uh, Like, my grandmother used to take me golfing, and I'd I'd be like, we didn't have a right-handed or a left-handed set of clubs, so she'd just tell me, hey, just, you know, she'd take me to the country club, and and she'd be like, oh, just, you know, just switch your hands around and and use the right hand. So I would, I would... Dude, I would be swinging a right-handed golf club, but I was I was left-handed. And so, but and I was left-handed. I was left-handed at baseball, like swing, yeah. you know, bad. Uh, and and so now I play golf right-handed. Really, it's, it's I was gonna say weird. you hear about those stories where you know, like some people throw like a baseball right-handed, but then like. I don't know. They, they they swing a golf club lefty, or they do something just totally. Yeah, and and like one of my best friends from high school and college, like still to this day, cannot figure out why I do that. <laughs> and I was just like, so confused. Yeah. You're just, you're swing yeah, he's like, wait, why are you, you, you swing a baseball bat left-handed, 
but you swing a golf club right-handed. The only thing you're doing is changing the angle <laughs> that you're swinging at. It's so <laughs> so, but it feels completely foreign to me to like swing a golf club left-handed. Now. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Wow. So I guess that's, that's when I when I figured out that that I was left-handed. <laughs> that's so weird. So you played when you played at Episcopal. We we figured out that Jared and Brian played for Coach Fox at Episcopal. Yeah. Different eras, but yeah, same coach. different era, but. He, I, I don't even know how to describe it. He's like Jennifer Anderson. He just doesn't age, I guess. Like, he's just <laughs> always 50, I think, and just always kind of mildly in shape. But um, we played for the same coach, which is crazy. Um, Jared, can I stop you? Jared's drinking Americano with a straw. <laughs> I, how else are you supposed to? I just can't, like, if I don't have the straw, then it'd be like... <laughs> In the mic every time I tried to drink it, you know, I thought it was more sorry, stealth mode. Me. Go on, man. You're talking about Coach Fox. Uh, shout out Coach Fox. I love you. Um, do you have any? <laughs> do you have any funny Coach Fox like stories or memories that like wasn't because what you graduated? So I, I graduated six years. Yeah, after you in 2010, and so it was Coach Fox's first year, and probably the funniest story that I have about Coach Fox is our senior year he like kind of you know every year it was, it was his first year and, and he was pretty straight laced and so he didn't let us go on a uh, a true spring break right and that, so we we went down to i guess we played a tournament and then we had like maybe three or four days off so we went down to south padre island with some some friends and we go down there and you know we have have a big time with you we go fishing do whatever and we get back i don't know what day it is you know monday and we we have a a game against uh i think it was was it milby maybe oh you played milby yeah against milby yeah and and so we we go to we play against milby and and i may like i probably made like three or four errors at third base and we had like 15 errors as, as, as a, as a team. Dr. South Padre. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so coach Fox is like, Blue and yeah, we get, we get done. And, and this is at Episcopal. Yeah. And so he is, he's not very happy that we all went out on, on spring break and, you know, had a big old time. Didn't get much rest like we were supposed to. And, he runs us for like, like a solid two hours. It was like eleven thirty at night by the time I I was like walking to my car. Yes, and like I think they finally like shut off the lights. Uh, and and one of my good friends, I'll never forget this. He Christian Lane, he's a big boy, and like you know he was he was a really good football player, and and I mean he was a pretty good baseball player, but you know he. He could hit the ball a mile, but it was one of those deals where it's like he either hit it a mile or strikes out right. you know, kind of thing. And and he, you know, he probably started to get get into the beer by that point in his his life. And, and so his beer belly was like working a little bit and he was we were running triangles oh. and in the last leg of the triangle he was crawling on his hands and knees <laughs> and coach Fox was just like screaming at him, like, get off, like get off your hands and knees and run and finish this so we can go home. And 
I just will never forget that that sight of him crawling like that. And Eleven thirty at night, <laughs> yeah. like arguably like your biggest, strongest player. Yeah, army crawling to the finish. That's so good. And he, and Coach Fox had no sympathy, which I, I appreciated. But a lot of a lot of the uh, we deserved to run after making like yeah. fifteen errors in, in one game. Um, I hope Coach Fox hears this, Jared. Make sure <laughs> Coach he Fox is going his, to listen to this. Yeah. Make sure he gets his bit. Um, so, absolutely leads me to my next question. I know. So Matthew played at Rice. Didn't Stephen almost play college baseball? Stephen, uh, yeah he he went to he was gonna walk on at uh, at TCU, and he ended up tearing his his rotator cuff. Really, I didn't know that. And so he ended up having to have surgery his freshman year. Oh wow! And so he he just like scrap the whole deal yeah and i think i think there's probably times that he wishes he would have like pursued it more afterwards but uh you know it is what it is yeah so did did you ever seek baseball or did you just kind of knew it was like yeah i mean after college i mean after high school i was kind of i was just done with it because i had kind of seen what steven had gone through and that for me i wasn't I, I don't know. I, I kind of burned out a little bit, I'd say, mm-hmm. just from, like, playing, like, with the heat. And, yeah. And just uh, – I wouldn't say burned out, but I, I was just I was just ready to move on to the next chapter. Yeah. I want to feel like it was almost, like, kind of real with yourself. Like, you knew – you played with the heat. You played for Coach Fox. And, like, those are two organizations, like, that makes – like you knew how real Division One baseball yeah. was going to be, and like yeah, you were just like, yeah. I, you know what, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, and I'd like, and I'd seen, I'd seen like my older brother Matthew like play at Rice and like see how committed he was to it, and like at that point in my life, like I was not ready to like right. commit that much time to baseball. And I, you know, I love baseball. I think I learned more from baseball than probably anything else in, in life, and and like, you know, you learn a lot about like perseverance and whatnot. Uh, just from the game of baseball and I think that you know it just I, I just wasn't I don't know I wouldn't I, I was I was a good like I could I could hit pretty well and, yeah I, I remember but I was that. clearly I wasn't a very good third baseman because I made three errors in one game it might have been four who knows but I got benched that game actually too coach Fox benched me but he, it, oh I've I, had my fair share but so he benched me and then I didn't make another error the rest of the it season. It works. Yeah. I promise you. I <laughs> and, promise you it and, works. There's a method to the madness. I swear. And I was so mad when he benched me because, like, the guy that came in behind me, like, yeah, he. I mean, the guy that came in behind me was a good, good ball player, but I'm, like, so competitive in the sense I was like, no, this is not. Like, I'm not going to get benched for the rest of my <laughs> yeah, senior year and then, like, not, not play baseball ever again. I, I probably would have gone to go play baseball, like, at, you know, some junior college or something like that if uh, – or, you know, some, some small school. Game, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. Okay, so moving on, we go to TCU up in Fort Worth, and this is kind of where I would say food and culinary world comes in. So, like, my first question is what did you major in and – is this where, like, when you got to Fort Worth, is this where kind of your head got into the food scene? Yeah, I mean, I love all the food in Fort Worth is, like, very kind of more my style. I don't think there's, like, as much of that style here in Houston. I think it's growing more towards that, but uh, I love Fort Worth, and I don't know. I fell in love with food. 
Uh, I've actually always loved food. Like, yeah, that was so. Like, one of my questions was like, if it wasn't here, where was it? Like, where was it? Just like growing up. It, no, family. it was it was more so in, in school though, or okay. like at TCU. Okay. Um, like, were you just like ripping paninis on the George Foreman grill as a freshman? <laughs> oh no, man, I mean, we would grill stuff all the time, like for our you know friends. Yeah, they, college. I mean, like, we'd have like backyard barbecues, stuff like that. <laughs> See, that's that's right cool. Did you host grill and chills, cook for friends, grill and chill. or family? Yeah, you know? I mean, that's like what we would do, like on the weekends. We'd cook. Like my dad actually bought me a grill like one year. I think when once we we got into a house he, for Christmas uh, or it was my birthday I can't remember what it was but he bought me a grill and like that's like what we would do is just I would go to the grocery store and then I'd make all my roommates like chip in and I would yeah. you know pretty much set everything up then I had a couple of roommates that like love food too but they didn't like to cook they didn't want to do the dishes or anything like that so I would do it all uh, yeah I was like their mom basically <laughs> yeah honestly <laughs> Yeah, I mean that that's really where like my true passion came in and and I but I majored so I was a geology major for for 3 what? years really? and I hated every second of it. <laughs> and I uh did you go on school field trips to yeah, to go look at cliffs? Yeah, like we yeah, oh my gosh, just one time we had to go to Oklahoma and, and we were like literally walking walking on the the side of the road looking at these rocks. I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah, I always have a. I always imagine like you're crazy, the crazy geologist, like going up to the rock and like tasting the rock yeah, and being I mean, like, "This like is sediment rocks or whatever." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's just, and that's my, and I think that's really where I learned that that I liked food that much because I knew I didn't like rocks. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was just, I hate. I, why, I don't know. Why just, geology though? Because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I didn't even understand, like, <laughs> like when I went to college, the only thing I was worried about was, like, going to parties and, like, going to yeah. drink beer with my friends. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, I wouldn't worry about, hey, you're going to college to get a degree to... Football games and tailgating. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and I didn't really have an idea of what I actually wanted to do until I was about a junior. And that's when I decided... This is probably one of the best decisions I ever made was... I switched from being a geology major because I was just so miserable to a communications major. And I had to stay like an extra semester and I had to go to summer school and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. but it was, uh, that was like kind of the turning point when I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be a communications major and I'm gonna like get into restaurants and start working at restaurants and I wanna open my own restaurant. Heck that yeah. was kind That's of so my, so it, during that time of your life, like, did you think that that was not, it's something you wanted to do, but did you think it was like probable? You know what I mean? Or were you like, oh, there's like no way I'm going to be able to like actually own my own like restaurant. I mean, I'm, I'm like a pretty, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. I would say like from that standpoint of like, I think that if you, if you put your mind towards something like you can honestly do you can make anything, it anything you want. that's high like, okay yeah. sick like i taught myself how to cook I, I went to i went to the tcu bookstore actually and i bought a bunch of culinary school books no way and i taught myself <laughs> i taught myself how to cook like through so you're like the bill gates of <laughs> cooking i mean I, I don't know if i would call myself the bill gates of cooking but uh this is awesome you're literally answering questions that like i've written down so 
that was like one of the questions I was going to ask. Like, did you know this is what you're going to pursue after college? And I mean, yeah, I mean, but it, it was more like I like to read. I like to like I have hundreds of cookbooks. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> uh, I mean, that's kind of where my interest was found and and it, it became a hobby of mine like and i like to have hobbies like uh it's not a hobby anymore because it's my full-time job right. and i do it every single day i still love it uh, but it's just different because it's like my livelihood right but it's it's gotten past the point of where like now i now i want to like be able to teach people how or like teach people to Heck yeah you know, kind of some of the things that I've learned. It's in, like the, the Jedi experience. and the Padawan. Like <laughs> once you're, once you graduate to be Master Jedi, then the only, the next best thing is teaching your Padawans, like, because the Padawan will always be greater than the Master. Yeah, man, you know, you're right, right on the nail with that one. <laughs> well, you're no, you're you're a Master Jedi now, and you have to teach the Padawans how to cook. Be, Padawans that are just making PB and J's and grilled cheese. Yeah, you got to teach them how to fire up like a whatever, like a gourmet cheeseburger or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Jared, didn't you have a question about your uh, your peanut butter and jelly? I've got, I've got. What, um, Brian, do you want to taste um, <laughs> my peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Did you Did you bring it? I, I brought a peanut butter and yeah, jelly I mean, sandwich. Yeah, I'll try it after, but I'll, I'll try anything. That's like something that like <laughs> when it comes to cooking and food and whatnot, I will try. <laughs> Anything at least one time. Like uh, I, okay. I, I the best part about Bryant though is he's a pretty straight up guy, and so he'll probably take a bite I, of it and be like, "Jared, this I is terrible." I do have a PB and J. It's over there. We can do it at the end, but I would love for you to give me some constructive criticism. Yeah, right. ask him yeah, if, no, he, no. if he makes a mean PB and J. How how mean is your PB and J? You know, honestly, missing crunchy or smooth. It'd be crunchy for sure. Okay, um, for the texture. Yeah, like I, I mean, if I were, if you wanted me to like actually make you a PB and J, I'd probably like make the jam and make the peanut butter. Ooh, wow! <laughs> and, uh, that just blew Jared's that's mind. That's cool. Yeah. But but I'm not a big PB PB and J guy. But I'll you know that that's how I would probably make a PB and J. Um, probably get like a really nice piece of bread, not just like some. Basic Probably white bread. Yeah, I eat like the too. edges of yeah, the no, but I'm not like a big baker. I I don't like to bake. Baking's like, tough, man. Yeah. Baking's one of the, like where you cook, you can like throw your own stuff in it, and it can t- and you make it taste great. Baking, it's like one like if you put a little bit too much of something, that's way off. Well, baking's like more of like chemistry than yeah. than anything, and and that's actually where it's so weird. Like because I think about my uh, you know my my days in in geology and like it was not totally lost because I learned so much about, I guess, how chemicals react and stuff like that. Um, I understand what's going on in the kitchen. Like yeah. when you're cooking a piece of meat or whatever, like That's you wild. can, uh, you, you learn these things that I would never imagine. Yeah. Like, like there, there's so, well, there's so much science involved in cooking. Like that's basically what cooking is. I've never even thought of it. All science. Okay. Speaking of the science, what's the science behind flipping a like a like a pizza or like a pancake or like eggs the omelet thing you know like are you good at flipping you know when you like have a pan flip, flip yeah like, like the, the, the the pan flip the wrist? yeah yeah, the yeah. Wrist are you good at that yeah well you gotta <laughs> yeah it takes a little practice but I mean, like this is like a you NCAA gotta, like stat on customize your player like yeah. how good's like your wrist you kind of gotta it's the wrist flick 
you gotta just it takes some i mean takes some practice for sure uh and repetition and you but you kind of just got to go for it it's like one of those deals it's where like a full it's commitment. Uh, like, yeah, it's like jumping out of an airplane yeah you can't exactly. kind of jump out of an airplane yeah. or something bad's gonna happen you i jumped out of an airplane one time <laughs> Oh my gosh! I got to show you this video. You're gonna die. You jumped out of an airplane? But yeah, we we went we went skydiving. Brandy and I did when we were in Australia. I got to show you this picture. Is, oh my gosh! It's so funny. That is She'd absurd. Kill me if, Jared, have you jumped awful. out of an airplane? Dude, I haven't. I just can't. If I if I hit just theoretically, if I hit the concrete and my chute doesn't work, that is for me. I can't go out like that. I, I just Jared, I can also see you being like the like the guy that jumps off an airplane like eight times like, a day. Like I, I just also feel like everybody would be like, "Wow, Jared fell out of an airplane and hit the concrete." Like that makes sense, and I'd be like, "And you know what I mean?" I just feel like see, people you, would expect that. If you do like a tandem skydive, I think that's the only way. I, I well, I would think that's the only way you can the first time, at least. Um, yeah. I think the odds of actually dying or getting injured is like less than. Like, I don't, I don't want to, like, quote this, but it's, like, it's less than, like, 1%. And I'm a big statistics guy, so I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, uh, I, I looked up the statistics, and I was, like, yeah, you know what? I'll take my chances. And I, I just don't know here. if I can launch myself out of an airplane. <laughs> you don't really have a choice when, yeah, once push, you get, they, oh, my they, gosh, they, once they, you get up there. Well, the guy's attached to you, so he's kind of, like, yeah, yeah well, it, it, yeah. like, from the point in time that we were on the tarmac, like, getting onto the plane to the time that we had jumped out of the plane was like 12 minutes. And your your adrenaline is is pumping so much that like it felt like it was like one minute. We actually did this when we were in Australia. It, we did it in the uh, in the morning at like 5 a.m. in the morning, like right as the sun was rising. Right over. after you punched somebody in the face? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so aren't they filming it? Like when you go down, like doesn't yeah, they yeah. So they have a camera? And they, Brandy, Brandy, Brandy didn't really want to go skydiving. <laughs> that's just not ever a good like. That's something you you can't not want to go skydiving and get up however. But many she did. She, I mean, she wanted to go, but like at the same time, she was like terrified. Did and you? She cried the entire way down. Like the video of her was, was she's just crying. She, she was just crying the People entire like, oh, time. Oh, it's raining outside, and yeah. it's just like, oh, those are tears from somebody that's skydiving. Did, yeah. did, did either of you like pass out on the way down, like for like a split second? I feel like I pass out. No, but you, there's there's so much adrenaline that Brandy actually like threw up, like for like three. Before? No, after, <laughs> because there, you what? so much adrenaline pumping. Look at her face. <laughs> Jerry, look at that. <laughs> well, let me see the guy's face. The, the guy's just like, yeah, I do this every day. Yeah. <laughs> Doing that every day. That's such an intense job. There's me. <laughs> right, I love it. <laughs> the best yeah. time of his life. Uh, it is so funny. But uh, oh, she, nice. like, got sick, though. And, like, I didn't really feel that good. But people say that, like, we, we met a couple people that went when uh skydiving with us in the same group and they they had gone for the first time the day before and they were like they went back yeah they were like oh i loved it so much that i'm back 
Yeah, I didn't get that. that. I didn't get that feeling. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I, I could tell people that I did it, and that's about <laughs> the only time I'll ever jump out of that an airplane again. That's such an intense again. day in your life. Like, yeah. think about the, all the intense days in your life. Like, that has to be one of the most intense days ever. You know, like it's, jumping out of an airplane. It's a yeah, pretty like. Like I, I will remember that, like the feeling of like free falling yeah. is, is like pretty, and then like the unknown of, like once they pull the shoot, like right after they pull the shoot and like, like catches, like, yeah, is it like, like super kinda, fun? Yeah, it's kind of like you just like kind of float down and yeah. it's. So yeah. is it like is it is it like terrifying until the shoot? Like when you jumped out, were you just thinking about like pull the shoot, pull the shoot, pull the shoot, or like? I think it happened so fast that you're just <laughs> yeah. like. You hit the ground. You just kind of just trying to embrace it, I think. You hit the ground and you're like, we're done. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I think if you like like pulled the chute and like started freaking out and it didn't pull, because the chute, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the chute is is on the person that's in the front, so it would, would have been me. Wow. So like you could kind of like see them like pull the chute, you know, yeah. pull it. Uh, so you know when it's coming. Yeah. I, I don't know. Is I can't it, help but think of everything that goes wrong, you know? Yeah, I just, I just like... But I guess, but if, if I would think of like myself in that situation, like I feel like everything would just like be happening so fast. That like it just, like by the end, you're just like, holy cow, like that went by so fast. We went shark diving too, like in the like cage shark diving. Shark diving. <laughs> Which was, that, that was, Brandy liked that more. <laughs> that, was, that was like her deal. That was like our deal. It was like, all right, I'll do something. Like we'll both do something kind of crazy, and, and we'll board, both like force one of the yeah. other people to do an extreme kind of like death-defying yeah situation. Well, and that's that's one of the things that I love so much about my wife is like she's like kind of pushed me out of like my comfort zone. Doing like I was saying, like never I thought you would yeah, like I was like such a homebody and all yeah. this stuff, and like she was like the one that like kind of pushed us to go to Australia. And, oh like, heck yeah, kind of. You know, go see the world a little bit and get to travel. So was, yeah. uh, hold hold that Australia thought before we move on, which we're almost to that point. While while you're in Fort Worth, was there one restaurant where like to this day you're like, yep, like that that I love that place. Uh, Lonesome Dove in in the stockyards. Mm-hmm. It's a Tim Love restaurant. That's like kind of it's just like reminds me of South Texas, like Texas cooking. Cool. Um, and would you lots say, of dove, and then there's one other. It's called Bonnells too. Is it? Is it? Would you say you took like lonesome doves? Like some of that has kind of sparked your interest in like some of the stuff you make here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's. Uh, I would say that that is a uh, pretty like fundamental and like kind of what led me to want to right. cook. Steered you in the direction yeah, that, exactly. that you want to go. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about college. We actually hit. That, that was where kind of food became serious for you. So now we're, we're, we've moved on past TCU. What was the first steps or the first step that you took towards your career after you graduated? Well, so I worked in restaurants. I think it was probably my junior and senior year of college. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was I, my next question. Do you take any internships or any like side jobs that I mean, you into it? Dude, I honestly, when I first started, I started out as like a busboy at Pronto, which is a uh, just a little love Pronto, little fast casual restaurant. Um, and I was I like mopping floors, and I hated pretty much every second of it. I think that's actually <laughs> when I when I maybe cut my. Uh, 
Actually, I didn't, that, that's probably not true. I, I didn't hate every second of it, but I, I definitely don't remember the, the positives. I probably remember more of the, the negatives. Uh, I don't think I liked my manager too much at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I learned, and I actually was, like, flipping through some of my old, like, papers the other day. Yeah. I have, like, all of the, uh, like, training books that that they put me through. And I, and I didn't even realize this, that, like, how much of a foundation that that gave me, like, from when it, when it comes to, like, dealing with service with customers and also with, mm-hmm. like how things are supposed to be done in a kitchen it really like gave me a sense of okay this is like there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things and and like the attention to detail is like what separates kind of the men from the boys kind of deal or or, like separates the winners from the losers in in this business at least because there's there's so much competition and you know everybody like i mean most people have good product but it's kind of what puts you over over the edge of you know why people keep coming back because there's so many different options that that people have yeah and in, in a day-to-day life especially in houston like that's such so a such a vibrant you know restaurant culture that's so cool that just even as you know working as a busboy but like having that attention to detail of like how how this stuff works yeah well that's like i learned so much from being a busboy because I would sit there and I would, I would run food too, like during service mm-hmm. I would run food and I would sit there and I would just watch the guys in the kitchen, like so cool. making the pastas and stuff like that. And yeah. I, you know, we don't cook much pasta here, but like I can make a really good pasta dish yeah. at home if I want to kind of deal. I um, think that's, that's so cool. Cause and I think this is, it's not food, but Lululemon, I heard that, even a lot of like the top people in Lulu, they're required to work a certain amount of days of the year in a store because they, they want every employee to- That's cool. To, to know what That's it's cool. like to be on ground floor and how the store works, how customers are. Uh, yeah, and it probably- how everything Yeah, works. I wanna give, it probably gives them like a, a sense of respect for like everyday workers that are, you know, hourly wage workers that are, you know, probably busting their ass yeah and, and you know i think that that's that i mean you don't i don't think you see that very often anywhere no like executives going out and, and having to do things like i that. wonder how many bus boys we've been around that we don't even realize are like badass chefs now we're like sitting, we're sitting with one but but <laughs> know, just literally. imagine all the restaurants we've been to and like that, maybe that guy's like you know stud now well and i think that, that like I think you have to learn from the bottom up. It's like the humble beginnings thing. Yeah. Like, you can't get to the top without going through the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and that's, that's kind of like, I wanted to learn from the bottom up because I didn't want people to, like, say, oh, he's just opening a restaurant because, like, he wants to open a restaurant. It's yeah. Like, no, I, yeah. I want to learn this business, and this is, like, what I want to do. Like, I have a, a ton of respect for Johnny Caraba. Like, and I've mm-hmm. sat down with him, a, you know, a time or two, and, and he's like told me his whole story and like has he he works harder than probably anybody in the rest anybody i've ever met wow yeah and, and like to this day or when i sat down with him he actually told me he was like he's like i still worry every day that we're not you know whether we're gonna make it or not and when i heard him say that i was like 
My jaw, long, my long jaw had been been established? Like, 30, like 33 years or something like that. And, you know, they, they're a Houston institution. Yeah. Like they, iconic. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah, so iconic. And Shout out Kravis. No free yeah. ads, so. <laughs> no free ads. Yeah. Venmo. Uh, Venmo. <laughs> uh, how, much, how much do you get to Venmo for a shout out? I don't know, dude. We need to set it like a... We need to make a, a website, and we need to set a, a, a menu, like, menu for shout-outs. Sorry, like 75 cents. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every name drop. Every, yeah, like a, true yeah. crap market. Just true like crap market. Piggy bag. Yeah, just yeah. Like, we'll throw it up on the table next time. Like, hey, man, I'll Venmo you a, a buck <laughs> fifty right now. Okay, so you, uh, so we talked about how you kind of got into it as like a bus boy and kind of learned from there. When did your table catering start? Like, when did that come into play? Like, how did you get that? It was actually, up? it was actually in like August of 2015. Uh, so I graduated 2014 of December or December of 2014 uh, from TCU, and I was I went to go work for a caterer, and that's kind of when I was like. I don't know, I didn't love the guy I was working for, and I was like, I could do this, and I could actually probably cook the food better than this guy can, and and I, like, we were kind of catering for some of the same clients that, or not not, not all the same clients, right. but some very similar client base uh, that I have now, and and I said I could do it myself, and I'll, you know, I'll do it better, and, and so I started in August of 2015, and I went to work for, that caterer, I worked for him for about six months, and I left, and I went to go work for Eight Air Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I worked for Eight Airs for maybe nine or ten months, and and during that time, I was also catering, and so I worked for them, and then the catering kind of picked up enough to where like, I I just started doing it full time, and I liked the freedom to be able to kind of be my own boss and yeah. choose when I wanted to work. When I didn't want to work, and and like a couple of things, you know, like we we got in at the Houston Rodeo cooking for a Big Ten out there, yeah. and uh, you know, one thing kind of led to the next, and like kind of the every the the way everything kind of started was just very organic in the sense of it. I like the play on words. <laughs> it. Uh, Thanks for chiming in, Jared. I don't know. It, it, it was. Like I didn't just like stop kind of what I was doing until I like really knew yeah. that, hey, this might, like I might have an opportunity to like actually make some money doing this. Yeah. And, and it really wasn't about the money, it was more about Keep going. the freedom to be able to go, go out and, uh, you know, do what I wanted to do. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier yeah, with yeah. you, is like, kind of just do what we want to do. And, if people like it, they'll come back. And if they don't like it, they're just kind of like, all right, we'd like to satisfy everybody, but I don't think that that's realistic. There's no so. business where you can satisfy everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, so we kind of just like try and take care of our our clients that we know are gonna kind of take care of us. And, and that's why I think throughout this whole coronavirus deal is like, we've seen our clients like be supportive of us because they know that like we're a young business and absolutely and they're out here just like trying to support the community kind of deal if there is a positive out of this whole covid deal is the the city rallying around like local restaurants and showing huge support is huge and just like the testament that you were saying earlier of just like we were selling you know every friday we're doing 50 burgers and then 
this yeah. last week, you doubled that. Like, that's insane. Yeah, I really, Tucker, can we come this Friday and get a burger? Yeah. Okay. Deal. Like, <laughs> okay, so, and you're just talking about catering and. So, wait, uh, are we on to Truecraft right now in the in the storyline? So, well, not yet. Okay. Yeah, this was just about his catering company. So, are we in like 2015? Yeah, so well, okay. 2015 to 2017, it was your table, mobile catering kitchen was the Which name. Which is of, what you came up with. Yes, yeah. So well, and then Truecraft is, it's all the same business. Yeah, okay. I just rebranded the business to Truecraft Market when I found this place. Okay. Because. Okay. I just didn't think that your table, mobile catering kitchen, would have looked good on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of words up there. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I was getting to. Where'd you get the name Truecraft from? Because it's I just sleek and cool. I just thought it. I just, I don't know. I was like, sometimes like when I'm laying in bed at night, I think of ideas and I write them down, kind of thing. I do. Yeah, that it's with got, like it's got a cool buzz to it, you know. And I, True but but Truecraft is like everything that we do here at Truecraft is. Like we're trying to build a brand of like everything that we do is the right way, like yeah. technique driven. And we find, like we source like some of the best ingredients that we can find. Um, we don't we don't cut corners when it comes to like prepping things. Like there's so many food suppliers out there now that will literally prep everything for you and like Put it in bags and like yeah. you like boil the bag and like cut the bag open and put it into a pan and then you turn around and sell it for double the yeah. price. Yeah, like at Taco Bell or something. Yeah, I mean that like well Taco, but you'd be surprised like restaurants that you would think yeah. don't do that really do that, that like yeah. super so, ups. Yeah, and like that like these guys will come in to the come in here and try and sell us on some of that stuff and I'm just like dude, please just. Get out of here! <laughs> You're really? just wasting wow. your time. That's and I so like cool. kind of trying to explain to him, like, all right, the name is True Craft because like we are not cutting corner. Like we don't yeah. want to cut corners. Like we uh, we want to take Whole Foods and and break them down into like minimally processed stuff is kind of our deal. Yeah. Like, we don't, it's not called boiled pre-made bag craft. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's it's the True Craft. Yeah. Of food. And, well, it, and that's the thing is like. True craft is that that is our whole deal, and that's like that's that's the art, man. And that's yeah, why that's we are, is. but that's why we're as small as we are, is yeah. Because I truly think that like good health is pretty simple in the sense of if you eat well and like you don't just like eat box cereal and like you know stuff out of a bag. Don't look over here, then <laughs> <laughs> right. you'll. Uh, I, I think that your health will in the long run be better off yeah absolutely uh i'm gonna backtrack a little bit to the catering do you have any nightmare stories about catering jobs or like getting food orders out because i know you, you, uh, you've taken on some big orders before big uh big crowds are there yeah. any nightmare stories that come with i, I can only imagine I mean, like things go wrong there's a ton um yeah there's a ton of how often do you chase customers? Like, be like, hey, like, we have like a that at the door right now. Like, yeah, uh, like, all the time. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she, all right, I just we're recording again. Uh, Brian just sold some margarita mix real quick to a uh, Saturday customer. That's, I mean, that 
Come to TrueCraft, man. Like, who, who else opens their doors when they're not open? Yeah, to sell? During, during the middle of a podcast and and in a world crisis in a, in a pandemic, and Bryant just went over, opened the door, and said, "Yeah, what, what do you need, man? Four margarita mixes. Sick. We will sell you anything. That guy. guy's gonna have a great night with four margarita mixes. <laughs> let me tell you that. All right. So before before that guy came in, I asked Bryant what. Just any nightmare of a catering order or an event. Or I mean, I have like, I mean, countless, countless give, stories. Just throw, of, throw us one. Throw us one because I want to get into. All right, so this was probably I don't know, man, maybe like a year and a half ago. Probably right when I was kind of getting back from Australia, and I was catering a party for like a really like a good potential client like mm-hmm. probably one of the best clients that i could ever hope for right they have parties all the time like they're always entertaining people and they wanted barbecue for for like the the guy's birthday and so i stayed up all night like i'd been prepping the day before for probably 10 hours and then i went home probably took like a two-hour nap and then i got back up at like midnight and came to start the smoker and and finish some of the prep and just kind of tend the smoker throughout the night and i'm cooking and it's it's like uh it's like 4 30 in the morning and i'm like making potato salad or something like that it like i'm making potato salad inside the kitchen and the smokers outside you know going along and and I'd put a piece of wood in the smoker. Sometimes I'll like put a piece of wood in the smoker to, uh, like in the actual cooking chamber, to block the heat right. from hitting the brisket at like a certain way. And I did this, and I guess the fire had gotten so hot that the piece of wood caught on fire. And I had so much, I had so much brisket. I had like 15 briskets in the cooking at this yeah, one time. Yeah, and there's out. so like there's a ton of grease that comes off a of brisket when yeah. it's when it's cooking. And what happened was the piece of wood in the cooking chamber had caught on fire and lit all the grease on fire. And this is at 4:30 in the morning. So I'm like freaking out. There's a massive grease fire like For people that don't know what goes into smoking a brisket, it's a what, 12-hour process almost. Like yeah, how long is it like 14, 12 to 14. It just really depends on like what. And it's slow cooked. Brisket does. So you can cook so you want a juicy brisket. You don't want something that's dry and yeah, overcooked. So, so the fact that this piece of wood inside the chamber caught on fire is like a huge issue. Yeah, well, it, but all the grease was what really caught on okay. fire. So, but that's what Holy sparked God, the yeah. fire, and so there was a grease fire. And Inside it was four thirty in the morning. I'm like half asleep, like just running on fumes, and I'm freaking out. And and I typically have you know fire extinguishers, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is like the first time that I've ever like gotten a fire extinguisher and was like getting ready to shoot it. And if I would have shot it... Briskets are done. Yeah, the briskets would have been done. And I would have been basically screwed. That 10 hours of prep and stuff. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I can't just, like, pull a brisket, you know. Get I can't go to the grocery store and, like, cook another brisket in, like, two hours. Good company. Yeah, good company. I mean, need some brisket. I mean, like, I definitely, like, was thinking about that. When that happened, I was like, you know what? We might have to, like calling the freaking B team and just, just, yeah. uh, actually they're probably the A team, but, uh, but 
yeah so i mean it was just a complete disaster and i ended up actually like smothering the fire and like salvaged the briskets but i had like 15 briskets and we had to make like i think like probably seven of them were freaking just burned so i had to like throw them away so we had to like go into the cater event couldn't with even like, chop them up and make like yeah well, yeah and like <laughs> i mean i was like probably like i don't think i just threw them puck. away but i was like slicing them and i i would take like five slices off of a brisket be like this is somewhat decent yeah. enough to, to yeah to throw in and so luckily it ended up working out but that was uh, definitely a stressful day and They've they've hired me since Good. again, right, so, we didn't. <laughs> so it wasn't like complete disaster. Right. But that was uh, that was definitely like one of the scarier moments of like thinking I was like gonna burn down. So were you lock and loaded with the fire extinguisher? Like, I mean, were, yeah, you were like, like ready. You like thought about it for a second. You're like, like no, nah, I got it. I got it. Like, that's and that's not you... the first time that I've like pulled out a fire extinguisher. We actually pulled out a fire extinguisher the other day here. here? Really? Yeah, and like it was actually on cheeseburger. Fries. <laughs> oh, dude, I missed it. Yeah, oh no, man, I was like, I was really, I don't want to shoot a fire extinguisher off. If I shoot a fire extinguisher off in here, it's like, is that worst case scenario? Yes, because like all, I mean, the fire suppression system it goes was, everywhere. Was water based? Like, I'd rather sh- have my fire ex- suppression system go off because it's water based. Because then we can just like mop yeah. it up, basically. But if you shoot a a fire extinguisher off first off i think the fire extinguishers like the grease rated ones are like a thousand dollars and then probably like another five thousand dollars to reme- have somebody come in and like remediate so i've actually had a first-hand experience with a fire extinguisher this is a crazy story so we were at this is i think this is 2017 we were at bonnaroo and it was at the Travis Scott concert, and some kid snuck in a fire extinguisher <laughs> and put it off in the middle. Oh everybody gosh. started, you know, you know how mosh pits happen, yeah. and, and everybody spreads out. So everybody thought it was a big mosh pit that was starting. Everybody was like, "Oh, like this is cool," but then like you started tasting this, like your eyes started hurting, and you started tasting this like, like thing. And there was a kid standing in the middle of this huge ring of people with a fire extinguisher, just just ripping just it into the crowd. <laughs> oh and they came gosh. and got him. Yeah, I promise that you can look that up. That is absurd. All right, so moving on, dude. We've been buzzing for an hour. Uh, really? Yeah. So I want to get into Australia real quick. You go to Australia. Whoa, wait, can I say something about Australia? Yeah. This is actually really cool because you pulled like a Kanye West. And because right before he was about to release my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, he did that Taylor Swift thing where he he, he got uh, up on stage. He got up on stage yeah. and he got like outcasted from society. <laughs> and so like he went to China and Australia to like find himself. So you had like a spiritual like Kanye West like like yeah. culinary journey. Jared makes yeah. a Kanye reference every episode. I mean, I think Kanye's you know. Kanye's kind of all over the place, but yeah, I, he's I, all over the I'll place. take that as a but you gotta be a, a little a crazy, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you definitely gotta be a little crazy to, to get into this industry that I'm in. Like, I would much rather have somebody on Burger Friday that I knew has jumped out of a plane and been in a shark tank than some, in, like, serving me my food because I'm like, this guy knows. Like, 
this guy knows like what life is about but like if somebody's just like ah oh, whatever you know I don't want a burger from that guy you know what I mean so yeah Jerry's talking about Bryant going to Australia and having this spiritual awakening Brian goes to Australia for a year and like I said submerged himself in some other cultures where he where you Neil Perry so you was it like an internship or like yeah you a job I mean for a year Neil Perry is like such a big icon in, in Australia like I didn't actually work directly under right. him I never met him but uh, like he's like basically the probably like the Gordon Ramsay of, of Australia right. he's a huge like I, I don't know how many restaurants he has but he's got a ton ton of restaurants very well respected around the world like uh-huh. I think Rockpool actually where I worked was like in 2003 was like number four in the world Holy cow. of uh, you know best restaurants in the right. world and so they were just doing like, like crazy amazing uh, everything that they did is like Truecraft is like very picturesque of what if Truecraft was ever like half of what Rockpool is yeah. like I would be like so yeah so that that's kind of like this question goes into what were things that you learned from Rockpool specifically that you think you've brought back or kind of based around who you are as a chef I mean they make everything from scratch every single day and and uh, like Neil Perry's whole belief in everything is find the best produce that you can find right and like simplistic cooking like not we use salt really like we don't we don't use a ton of different um ton ton of different seasonings like we it's all technique driven like the way that that we cook our food um and i learned those techniques at at rockpool and and that was like an experience of i was like an oyster shucker like i was like mopping floors right i just wanted the opportunity to be able to go in there and, uh, and see how a place like that functions yeah exactly like i mean they had probably 60 chefs like 40 40 to 60 chefs i can't so that, remember exactly how that, many so that right there uh, i wanted to ask like you see jared mentioned Jer- uh gordon ramsay uh and you see these shows even the i think of like that movie with bradley cooper yeah Burn, that's like one of my favorite movies. so so you see these these intense kitchens with a lot of people in them it, it does it get that intense like do you uh, see yeah that that's like uh i wouldn't say it's like that intense but like there are definitely kitchens out there that are that intense uh rock pool was actually like i got so lucky finding that job mm-hmm. and i i mean i literally i went to probably 30 different restaurants and just handed people my my resume and they were like one of the few restaurants that actually like and had me come in and and like do they call it a stage where you go in and you uh you go in and you basically interview you you work for them for free for a day and they were you know i was lucky enough for them to bring me back on the intensity like from burnt is there's definitely people out there but rockpool was like so welcoming like when i went there the first day i was so nervous like i yeah. Like, I'd never worked in a kitchen like that ever in my life. And, like, I didn't think that I was, like, really, like... Did you go in with any expectations, or were you just, like, I'm here to learn from... Yeah, no, I was, like, I will literally do anything you tell me to do. And I did. You know, and, like, we were working, like... I was working, like, 15 to 17 hours a day. Like, 
long days. Um, and But I was learning so much. And I I learned a lot about just, like, culture and life. Like, yeah. Like, I worked with people from from Ireland to London so to South Korea. So a lot of other, South like, Korea. A lot of other people. Yeah, well, and that's, like, their whole deal is they, they – uh, they bring in visa workers that will go work for them for you know a period of time and then yeah. they move on kind of deal. It was a, it was a really I, I don't know I mean I I wouldn't take it back for anything and I was I was sad that it you know we had some some family stuff that we had to come home for yeah. early and it actually worked out because we got home the day Hurricane Harvey hit and. I don't think like it would have been weird. Like it's weird how God works in that way sometimes. To where it's like that's absurd. Like, like the day Harvey hit. Yeah, okay. like we landed in L.A. Wow. and we ended up staying in L.A. for like a week because we were stuck there. Obviously, yeah. wow. Uh, it's weird how how things work out the way that they do, and you know, I I can't wait to go back and visit. I still keep up with a lot of cool. Their, yeah, a few of my that's buddies awesome. that I have over there. It's um, just kind of like sports, man. Like. Yeah. You know, you move on from school, but you like still, it's like a teammate. It's like you still yeah. talk to him and see what's up. So you talk about, you're getting, you come back from Australia when... What year is this when you, when you came back? 2017. Okay. We so got, yeah, like you August. get back from Australia. Did you, and I know like you said like there's some things going on, but did you know Truecraft was like this next mission of yours? Yeah. And so that was something that like, uh, you know, Truecraft was like kind of in the making for... And, and I don't think Truecraft, the name, was actually... Right, in, but the idea started... Yeah, and, like, we learned... Like, they have amazing markets over there in Australia. And, like, I saw, like, something that I wanted to, like, bring back to the States. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're not even close to what, what they offer there. But hopefully one day, like, that yeah. that's the goal is to, to kind of, like, build into something like that. Well, um, it's crazy how long... I mean, we talked about... You know, John Caraba and Caraba's in 30, so like 33 years yeah. that place has been open and just from growing up and going like you can I've seen like how much they've grown from like when I heard I was you know yeah. 12 years old to now like they keep getting bigger 25 bigger. years ago they're legendary you? so and we're you're yeah. what like a year two years no and, we're I mean true crafts we opened it last August, so we're not it's even coming up on a year. Yeah. So I mean, this is yeah. still the beginning of the journey. Uh, Are y'all gonna have a dope one year anniversary? Like uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think we were, we were actually we were actually supposed. Brandy and I got married last June. We were supposed to go uh, on a trip for our anniversary, mm-hmm. just because we don't get to really get away. So we were gonna go on a trip, and because of coronavirus, we were having to reschedule the trip. So we're thinking about possibly rescheduling our trip for for the one year anniversary of Truecraft. Oh, that's sick. <laughs> so, but I, so I don't know. So what were the, you could probably have a whole nother podcast talking about the steps and, and the process of doing this, but the steps into getting like this functioning and open. To the people you have to talk to, the agreements, like everything. Like fire marshal stuff. I was, like, oh just my like gosh. how, what was that process like? Like making sure like getting true craft open. Oh, I was very naive to the fact of like it's what, what it actually takes to really like, that's kind of when I like took a turn for like, all right, this is like a real business. Mm-hmm. Not like we're going to invest real money into this. It's not going to be uh it's no lemonade stand on the side of the street. Yeah, exactly. Like when I was like catering, I was like kind of doing it like, you know, 
we, we were basically eliminated. Yeah. Roll so on <laughs> barbecue. Roll up, bring the food out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was kind of like, uh, I don't know what they call it, but they call it, uh, I don't know what they call it. That It's like underground barbecue or something like that. There's some work for it. But, <laughs> oh, it's kind of sick. Honestly. But that's, that's, that's kind of what we were doing. And uh, when we opened Truecraft, it like, or like when I had this idea, like I, I didn't realize the amount of work that it takes from like engineering to, you know, plumbing and all this stuff yeah. that like I literally had. It's not just food. No, I had, I had no idea like what, how complex like that, that hood is. Yeah. You need like a freaking engineering degree to like know how to work that thing. So that is absurd. Uh, and it took like we had so many issues like with with our water, like we weren't getting enough water to the building for the hood, so so the fire marshal wouldn't pass I just, pass our uh what? That that's yeah, crazy. You don't like think. I don't even know what that means, you know, like Yeah, well and and luckily our engineers and everything, they had signed off on or the company, the captive air company had signed off on all the engineering to be correct and it wasn't correct and so when they installed everything they built it all one way and it was completely wrong so they had to go back and rebuild the entire thing and it cost like $25,000 luckily their engineering messed up they messed up the engineering yeah so they had to foot the bill on it <laughs> because holy cow like and and I was like pretty adamant. What kind of about setback like, is that? Like like time wise, like two weeks? No, that was like months. That was like three or four months. So Holy it cost me cow. a lot so of money. Just like, I, I, what do you even do in a situation like you're trying to start a business and they go, I right, we've got a four month setback because we we messed up the what you call it? Dude, I learned more about patience in the year of 2019 <laughs> than than you will ever know. 2018 and 2019, but like. At the beginning, I would I'd get very frustrated, and I'd get frustrated with the architects and like. It's probably super discouraging because you've got this yeah. idea and you want to you you want to start this yeah. business. You want to you want to. That's get your what a lot of there. that's what a lot of people think. Like, and I and I was totally naive to this, and I the only reason I know this is because I lived it, and I and I try and I try and tell people all the time. Like, if you ever like want any advice, like if you're trying to open a restaurant, I will tell you. Some of the issues that I ran into, and you know, they may not be the exact same as, right. but I, I would like to try and help people in that sense of, yeah, this is like some of the things that you may encounter. Because you learned as you went, kind of, right? Yeah, like, well, yeah. and like, I mean, just the patience. Like, I, 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 at the beginning, I would get so frustrated and and so, but I, but the thing that actually kept me so grounded to the whole deal was like was my my uh my faith in god yeah to like know that there's like a plan and like his timing is perfect like and it's uh you know it's one of those deals where you have to like just let go of control sometimes. yeah right and, and that was like when i realized that that was like kind of when things started to really come together it was like when i realized okay like i'm not in control of this situation like i can position myself in the right place right but ultimately God is like going to he's he's gonna put that forth not yeah. not like it's gonna be in his timing and like 
that's such a game changer when you can just when you can just trust in that too. Yeah. We well, just like you can only do so much, and then at some point it's like, all right, yeah, like I've done what I can do. Yeah, like, God, take it over. Another option. You can only do like you can't do anything. Yeah, well, and that's like, and, and through like the coronavirus and all this stuff, like that's like kind of what remind yourself is yeah. like, you know, God has planned for for true craft market for me, for you, you know, for everybody, and Absolutely. like that's uh, and sometimes it's hard to like see that and to to realize that that is like what like the direction that you need to be like pushing and, and mm-hmm. like because like you get so especially this day and age or at least we get so caught up in like you know instagram and like yeah. just like the and i i'm hoping i think this whole thing is like gonna make people slow down and like kind of like and i think this will be a silver lining from the coronavirus like people are going to start putting their phones down and they already yeah. have and like being able to like start this business has been like very scary and i've had to like put myself out there yeah and like luckily brandy you know supports me and what we're doing and like yeah. you know i don't think she realized what she was getting herself into <laughs> when when she decided to come work work with me uh, she probably wouldn't have a job right now because she was working in like like corporate retail uh you know she was like buying for one of these big companies that yeah. just let let go like yeah. you know thirty thousand people and so it, it you know like i said like that's, I think that's part of God's plan to, you know, put her in this position. Absolutely. And so, so we've got the restaurant, you know, we're ready to open, it's built, uh, we're good to go. What, other than, you know, obviously like making like good food and, and, and loving to make food, like what was like the other, what was the passion and mission of like the sole purpose of opening up this restaurant? Like our whole goal is to, to provide good quality meals for people like especially like like our, our target market is young families mm-hmm. you're picking up food here like it t- it's a it's a home-cooked meal yeah exactly like and, and so that's it's a home-cooked meal. exactly and like we want to like try and bring people back to like the family table i think is uh cool yeah i like that i mean i think that that's like that's uh, so cool yeah that's something that we did like growing up as as children uh, my mom would cook freaking all the time yeah. she's she's a really good she she worked here for like two or three months when <laughs> yeah. we first opened just like grinding out like she she probably didn't like working with me either you know <laughs> she's just like but she you know she showed i never asked her to show up because that's not like the you know it's not her responsibility right. kind of deal but she would show up every single day and i that's so you know awesome. like i thank her for like actually we need to get her a big, big Mother's Day present tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good. Shout out, Mrs. Reckling. Okay, so bringing the family experience, what what would you say is your favorite dish to make? And this doesn't even have to be on menu. This is off menu. Like, what what is there something you love or like? Whoa, if we're getting into the dishes, you, I've got a lot of questions okay, about the what dishes. What is like go to? It's like, hey, like Brian, like make me something or like make whatever your favorite thing is to make. I also thought about the question like if the president of the united states comes to you and says hey me and the first lady we need just a we need a good meal and so what could you whip up that you like okay they're going to love this man i would probably i would cook him a steak probably honestly like over a wood fire grill and like cream spinach like a steak dinner mm-hmm. like cream spinach with potatoes uh 
classic Caesar salad kind of deal, just good produce. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's kind of would be like the best steak I could find, like a like a wagyu piece of meat from these guys. Uh, Midland Meat Market, no friazzo. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take them out. <laughs> So just send them, send them a seventy-five cent uh, check. Yeah, yeah so. Venmo request. That leads me to what's your favorite item on the menu right now? And the menu's changing a lot. I know you throw a lot of new stuff on there. Too. Yeah, we change. Like on. honestly, that menu that's up there. Yeah, I was looking is, at that. And I looked at the menu yesterday. And I was like, that's not the whole. That thing. is not the well, menu. We actually need to take that down because people come in here and they look at that and it's. These are my only options? Yeah, no, those... Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, we got a there. lot of different stuff. So there's the, a secret menu? Well, it's not secret. It's gotta, not secret. We got it there. I'll just show you the other one. We got we got it printed out. But, but out of everything, uh, what is... Because I know you've got awesome sandwiches. We've talked about like, quail enchiladas, brisket enchiladas. There's a lot of unreal stuff on the menu. What is something, like, personally, you're like, yeah, I love... Like, I, you make it all the time. You probably eat it a lot, but, like... See, but I don't, like, eat... Like, I don't eat that much stuff here. Like I, yeah, just you get because I'm high on your own supply, or <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only time that we'll actually like eat stuff is like if we're we're trying to save money and we've got some extra stuff that we're you know need to get rid of kind of deal. So I I've got a lot of questions kind of about that like what you just said like the theology not the theology but just like the thought process of like when you're at home you don't you don't make food that you make in here. Cause like I was saying earlier, like this used to be a hobby of mine, right? And now it's my job. So like when I get home, like we don't really cook. Like Brandy actually cooks more at home than I do now, and, and it used to be the exact or it used to be the opposite. Like before Truecraft, it was yeah. I was cooking the meals, and she was at her corporate job. But but I had a lot more time on my hands. Then. So the meals at home is it anything like? the preparation or anything that's in here or is it a completely different sort of yeah i mean yeah we like if i cook at home i'll cook on the grill okay but it's typically like we're just grilling something pretty quick like Mm -hmm. it's not going to be like the whole drawn out process yeah or or like even just like actually we make all the sauces and stuff too so that was i had that um but a lot of times a lot of times i can take stuff from here like sauces stuff like that and then we'll take them home and we'll we'll make something but it's not like the full-on so i was gonna ask like this goes along the lines of adding stuff to the menu and if you follow brian or truecraft on on instagram brian instagrams a lot of stuff uh of making stuff and a lot of that stuff is like also when you're making stuff at home are you trying new stuff or like possibly possibly throwing new stuff on the menu or is it more of like a passion just like you know, oh, I just like feel like making this at home today. Yeah, well, I get bored, like, and I drive <laughs> my wife crazy because I'm like, she thinks I'm like the Energizer Bunny. I just like don't stop. And she's like, will you just like sit down? Yeah, yeah. Like, no, You're I working don't. your ass off here all the time, so like. Yeah, but I get like sitting down feels weird. Yeah, yeah. It's like I get like wired basically, and like I like have to like be moving all the time i stand so much i'm used to standing so when i sit down mm-hmm. i i have to like if i sit down i'll like sit down like i gotta be right you know what i mean it's, like you literally just make yourself <laughs> yeah like, exactly you're good right now but and i've i've gotten into uh like woodworking actually a little bit like Ooh. like you know doing stuff Heck yeah. because cooking was such a hobby 
now I like I need like a new hobby yeah. to keep me busy. That's probably what I'm actually gonna go do when I get home. It's like, like I built Brandy something for her birthday last week, right? And so like I'm I'm probably gonna go like finish the rest of that. That's sweet. Um, but I have to I have to keep myself busy yeah. in that sense of so. But but getting back to the food yeah, I was gonna deal, say like what what goes. How do you add something to the menu? Like where, where does, do you see the cookbooks you read or do you see something online or on TV where you're like, ooh, like I feel like I could do that in my own way or something. And then you just try and whip it up. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it comes from the experience of like traveling. You know, Brandy and I've been lucky enough to travel to Europe and to Australia. And, you know, we've traveled a little bit around the US too. And just like seeing different takes on on different things like yeah. we'll you know we'll twist it in, in the way that that we like it um and that that's really but like stuff here like the specials and whatnot that go go on here it's more of like hey i want to you know if, if we have something back there we'll just throw it together yeah kind of thing and that's really like my style of cooking is give me like 10 ingredients and, and i'll just like Oh my god! I literally wrote a question about that. <laughs> Do you want to hear that question? Yeah, let's hear it. It's the most off the wall, kind of random. Okay, just bear with me here. Um, so I wrote, "You're stranded on an island, and indigenous crab people come up to you with a plate, and they give you these ingredients. They give you a block of cheese, a watermelon, some cilantro, a a live peacock, but you can kill it and pluck it and get its meat, and a stick of butter. Um, do you think you could whip something up? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> I what, mean, what kind of cheese would it be? Any cheese you want. Peacock. And you said watermelon? Watermelon, cilantro. So you probably want like a feta cheese. Okay. And you said cilantro? You could do like a I like a watermelon don't. and feta with cilantro, like maybe some you do like some sort of little salad and then like maybe start a fire and roast the freaking yeah. peacock. What awesome. else do, what else is there? You got you got some butter and maybe some bread? Oh yeah, you use the butter to, to base the uh, the peacock. Do you okay. get any salt and pepper? You could grill yeah. you could grill the bread to for the salad. Okay. Yeah. It, okay, so you'd have peacock with a side salad. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure they would love it. <laughs> It'd be like Thanksgiving on a stranded island, right? Yeah, and so, <laughs> wow, that's actually cool. That was the coolest thing, putting like those like flavors together, you know, and, yeah. and, and stuff. So, I don't know, that was just cool. Jared's going to roll up the true craft with those ingredients be like, all right. Yeah, aren't there a couple peacocks that, around here <laughs> somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Start like a... Like a I don't know. This is obviously we we just got true craft up and running, which is awesome. But like maybe when you're retired and you're like a master Jedi, like seventy, you could start like a TV show of like give me the most random ingredients that you can, and I'm going to make a awesome dish like with the most random stuff. It could be like a challenge. You know what I mean? Isn't that what Guy Fieri does? On is, that, is, is that is that already a thing? Yeah, Guy's Grocery Games. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. I watched that. Okay, well, okay. I mean, so straight Flavor Town. You know about Flavor Town? I do know about Flavor Town. It's all over TikTok. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> so, so 
I think we pretty we nailed a lot of it. And there's there's so much to talk about that we can't fill in. But uh, before we before we stop this, I kind of we want to hit like the future. And like you said, like you've probably thought like down the road, just you know ideas of what you can do. Uh, what's the plan? Like, is what's like the next big goal? Obviously, like right now, we're kind of in a in a pause with business and, and restaurants. But what's the next big goal of bringing this this place to, to the next step? Yeah, you know, I mean, that question is like so hard to answer right now yeah. because of everything that's going on and like. And it can be like there's just so much more people in the restaurant. Yeah, or open another restaurant, like just all of that. But what I mean, it can be so small, it could be big. It's just, uh, that's such a hard question yeah. right now. And like, we're honestly, we just try and take things day by day. Uh, obviously I have long-term goals of like what, what I want to see Truecraft as in the future and like mm-hmm. kind of what I like dream of. Uh, but this, this whole experience of coronavirus has like kind of humbled me in a sense of yeah. like, it's like just slow down and like take cool. a step back and, and it just, let it grow organically yeah um because like we don't really dude honestly we stay away from like yelp and like yeah google reviews and stuff like that because when i go to a different time to eat i don't want to go on yelp because i feel like i just get handed like the the main yeah well like i want to find the true craft of another city yeah exactly and like you know honestly we don't i don't want a bunch of yelpers in here like like i want to feed our community like i don't want to like Yelpers don't understand what we do on it on a day in day out basis, and and that's not that I'm like scared of like their criticisms or whatnot, yeah. but it's just like like we're we're trying to stay small, honestly, right now, is because we want to grow at a at a pace where we can handle where we can continue to provide yeah. quality. Right, you can handle the cloud. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen? Have you all seen that South Park? The yelping South Park, where the yelpers walk into the restaurant and they ask for the most ridiculous stuff, and they're like, "If you don't give this to me, like, I'm gonna give you a bad review." Yeah, Google. exactly. It's like I will tell like somebody that says something to me like that. I'll just be like, "All right, go on Yelp and, and give me a bad review." Like, I like <laughs> you're not gonna like like hold my business ransom, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's uh, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's just like I'm. My values are are stronger than that that doesn't scare me like yeah. it's like that's awesome like it's that. the dark side yeah like it's that. like you know but it, and there's there's so many people that go out there and they they like get their friends like like i could ask tucker i'd say hey tucker go get on yelp and write, write me a five-star yeah. review yeah. what how is that gonna help my business yeah, yeah. like in, in the in the grand scheme of things i don't think that that truly will prolong the life of my business. I think that'll only hinder it actually in the long run because you look at a guy like Johnny Garabo. Right. You don't see him in the newspaper every day. You see other you see other chefs around town that are like constantly in the news. And, yeah. and it's a PR deal. It's a which is fine. Like it, you know, that's their business yeah. model, but I think that for me like we want to to build something that that is going to last and has like a solid foundation where quality is the number one concern for for us that's the goal and obviously to expand is is the dream and the goal to where we can continue to provide more and more and more like this place looks 
a whole lot different. And I tell people this all the time, like a year from now, Truecraft is going to look completely different yeah. than it did, you know. That, so that, I was really going to say, I can't wait. So, you know, that day that does come where it's like a bigger, you have a bigger piece of real estate for Truecraft market and you have that picture on the wall of the original True Craft, and you're like, this yeah. is like, look at this place, like, look at where we're at now, like, I love those things where it's like, yeah, well, it's like kind of, yeah, and, and I think that that's like a good thing, is you like, try and remember where, you know, don't forget where you came from, kind of deal, it's yeah. like cliche, but yeah. like, it's totally, uh, I think that that's, uh, that's the root of it all, right. I think, um, and, and I don't know what the future holds for, for True Craft Market, but like, we're going to continue to work, and yeah. then, this whole coronavirus deal is like, we're just gonna evolve to the situation. We're not gonna like sit here and wait for the government to come yeah. you know, bail us out or anything like that. Like we're gonna try and do things the way that, you know, we think will provide yeah. better service to our, to our, our uh, customers. Cause it's not going away. Like right. what we do is not gonna go away anytime soon. Oh yeah. So before, before we wrap up to- Well, I've got like, power uh three like power questions right. before we wrap up so but you you got it okay i was just but gonna I, say I, no, 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 give yours, I i just always want to end now with like whatever shout outs you want to give whether okay. it's friends so, families employees uh customers and then uh just like telling people like true craft updates like what's going on cheeseburger fridays like okay. stuff like that so ask your let me rip first. and you know these this doesn't have to be a deep psychological yeah. um thing but um, quick answer. Yeah, you can be first one. First thing that I noticed, um, you have a no loitering sign over there. Has yeah. that been a problem as of recent? No, no. That's actually like, it's actually more so the soliciting. We get people uh, that come in here, and I think I said something about it earlier about, you know, food reps come in here and they just like solicit us and they're like trying to sell us, you know, oh, yeah. the okay. latest, yeah. greatest thing. It's when you get the and shotgun out. It's actually funny because the, the barber shop next door, the guy's like, he he told me about putting up a no soliciting sign. Because if you have a sign like that, technically they're not allowed to come in to solicit, but okay. they still do all yeah. the time. <laughs> and, and what he says is he tells people, he goes, yeah, I don't do, I don't do business with people that can't read. That's very <laughs> funny. That's awesome. And so... Yeah, that's uh, I always just thought that was, but it, you know, I, I value my time probably more than anything, and still so waste your time. Yeah, and that's I mean that's what kills me is like I'm busy like I'm scrubbing yeah. the dishes half the time yeah. right there like that's what I do until Hunter came along and now <laughs> now we have a new dishwasher, so we'll see we'll see uh, we'll see uh, if he if he's cut out for it <laughs> see if he can handle any pans thrown at him or anything like that. <laughs> Jerry, what's your next question? One of my other questions was, um, for example, if I'm walking up to this is kind of a metaphor before the question, like if I'm walking up to the local basketball court. And I see some 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 competition, and these guys are bad. They're putting up bricks and stuff like that. I'm gonna be like, okay, like I can wipe the floor with these guys. Like these guys are gonna be trash, you know. And so, do you ever like owning like a business like this? Um, when you go out to eat, do you, is it like a is it like a competitive mindset of like of like wow like Brian's this smiling. this guy this food is really good or is it have you ever been like wow i could make such a better like lamb chop than this 
Brian. You know what I mean? Dang lamb chops too. Right? Yeah, we got really good lamb chops. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. That's like actually we just started doing dinner in the last couple months, and that's probably our biggest seller on the oh, dinner. Oh wow, menu. that was complete. That was just out of fit. Like that was just uh, but but you know what I you know what I'm trying to get at? Like, yeah, no. Uh, eating. We are very Brandy and I are very like stuck in our ways with the restaurants that we like to go to like we go to a few of the different houston institutions and that's kind of like where we stick to uh there is times though when we go out and like we are very like we'll be critical like between her and i like we will be like yeah we like this we like that but going back to like the yelp deal yeah i would never never in like a go to million yelp. years yeah. get on yelp and and be like oh, this guy's lamb chop isn't as good as mine or whatever. Yeah, that, you know, like, I I have too much respect for people that work in this business to, like, go out and, and like, trash people that way. Like, because cause I know how hard people work and maybe, you know, maybe they were just off that night or whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I didn't yeah. even think about that. But, like, we we for sure, yeah, I'm, I'm a competitive guy. <laughs> I like it's hard it. not to. Yeah, it's, you yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you ever break and uh, go to like a late night Whataburger run or something like that? Yeah, I mean, we we eat terrible now that we're open at night because you know we're around food. Mm -hmm. We'll eat like sometimes we'll eat breakfast, sometimes we'll eat lunch. Like we don't have like a set schedule. Chefs like and and food industry people have the worst eating schedules ever. And, like you go look at my refrigerator at home, like. <laughs> It's just like to go food, and especially now because of coronavirus. Yeah. Um, Jerry, those are good questions. But definitely Whataburger. Okay, so Brian, shout outs to people, parents, Brandy, anybody, employees that are helping you make this happen. Like, Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, obviously, Brandy, like, she is like, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this without her because she. She's we the love glue. you, Brandy. She's the glue. Yeah. She, uh,. And she, I don't think she gets enough credit for what she does. Uh, people don't understand, like, how much organizing she has to do on a day-in, day-out basis. Like, we have, you know, on Thursdays and Fridays, some days we'll have, you know, 50 orders yeah. of, of like, oven-ready meals going right. out. And then we also have, like, yesterday, we had 100, 100 cheeseburgers go out. And right. then also probably 25 sandwiches. And so that's... You know that's a lot of uh that is a lot of organizing and making sure that like people are happy and sometimes people are are not patient and that that's like one of the toughest things for me is oh uh, like, yeah you know we're small small shop and like we have i mean until two days ago we had three people in here it was right. me and then me a shot and brandy and Ashad has worked with me for maybe seven, seven months. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he has a background. He worked for Chipotle. And he managed, I think, maybe eight Chipotles. And really? Had, I know. That's awesome. I mean, he can, he can grind it out. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't complain. And, yeah. and he knows his food, too. And it's been fun to, like, work with it. That's, that's one of the most fun things, like, working in a kitchen is, like, being able to be creative with people and, like, and, like yeah, we we're like tasting things. And we're like yeah, let's you know add this or add that's that. Cool. Needs I love that. Like that's where we have fun in the kitchen. Sweet, I love that. That's sick. That's that's like true behind the scenes. But yeah, and then obviously, obviously, like my parents and and friends and family, like True Craft wouldn't be where it's at. Yeah. Without uh, 
you know, the support of, of all those people that have, you know, obviously our patrons that come in yeah. and, and spend money so we can pay our bills. Right. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're the lifeblood of our business. There, there is so much support around this place, but, and like, of course it's also like a friendship deal, but that doesn't take away, like the food is actually so good. And like, that's why a lot of people do come back. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's our goal is like, we try and like use our position, like with our friends and, and, and family to, we want to bring people back and like yeah. getting people to repeat as customers a is a lot of same faces are always. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the whole key is like building a community of, of like people that we could support. And that's, that's why I don't like Yelp and, and Google reviews and all that stuff. That stuff doesn't matter. But yeah. like if, one of our best clients, like I, I have people's like names in my head right yeah. now. I'm not gonna say them, yeah, just yeah, because, yeah. but like if they have a problem, there's a huge issue. Yeah, and like that means more to you. Than yeah, some, yeah. Then like yeah, some her like yeah, and Hank over around the block. Just yeah, like that's me up on you. <laughs> yeah, because like there's like one extra piece of red onion on the sandwich or something <laughs> like that. It's like. Like, what do you do with your time? Do you not have anything better to do with your time? Yeah. But I could go off. Yeah. I probably shouldn't, but. Uh, oh, we're getting a phone call. This is the last thing. Any updates, like anything you want to tell people about TrueCraft, like kind of like, not to sell yourself, but like just what's going on? I mean, I think that what we're trying to do is like obviously grow the business and figure out exactly who or like what people want has been been pretty challenging for us and and we're figuring it out like we we're getting better every day like that's kind of our goal and like every week we try and get better like with the cheeseburgers mm-hmm. like now it's like it's kind of like a goal of ours every week is like all right let's beat last week <laughs> what about like a gelato tuesday or something like that <laughs> yeah gelato tuesday yeah yeah i feel like some gelato could, See, could like do we some did, damage we did taco tuesday last yeah. last uh last week but it was Cinco de Mayo but like Taco Tuesday is like just it might be like a little too cliche for me yeah, or like too just saturated. too like yeah it's just like yeah. LeBron like, yeah gosh dude I'm not a big LeBron guy <laughs> I was looking at my jersey it's oh, AD but AD but see so yeah but I'm not a big NBA guy like yeah. I like I, I don't uh yeah LeBron I'm an MJ guy, just all day. Last yeah, you've been yeah. watching Last Dance? No, I haven't oh, watched it yet. Dude, watch that. He's dude I'm, I'm too busy. I'm too busy cleaning the, the grill. Throw it on the kitchen. Trying to finish the last bird, dude. <laughs> do, do any of the Houston Rockets or like you got any uh, like no, uh, you know, Texans we, in here or anything? No, not yet, man. But uh, we've we've spoken with the Texans a little bit about maybe doing some catering for them, but it nothing's like this. Actually, kind of all happened right before. Uh, coronavirus and nothing's actually materialized out of yeah, it. But, I mean, it's but yeah, uh, like, you know, that that'd be kind of cool though. I think I'd, I would I'd be down for that. Maybe this guy can get me in with the with the strows. Yeah, know? maybe I'll try. I'll set up that uh, that sit down lunch with Jim Crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's do it. Uh, you, do you have that power tuck? I don't know. I can try. Uh, I don't know if I'll be with the company anymore after. <laughs> Just yeah. be like, how you doing, man? Yeah. Do you think people are gonna forget about? Uh, Bro, get, give me a, a, a sample, a sample dish. I'll bring it to work. And yeah, and give it to Jim Crane. Yeah. Take those right there for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, uh, do you think? Do you think people are gonna forget about the 
the 2017 uh, World wow. Series? We or? could have our own podcast yeah, about that know. question. I was talking yesterday about this. Hopefully, like there will always be a. Hopefully, state. we have a season this year, and most likely no fans. But I think the fun thing about that, or at least for our side of, of shooting the game, are these players' character, like their personalities, will come out more because they don't have fans yelling at them yeah. at the game. So. Will kind of be more energetic or, or more animated. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of like like the, the All Star game, like all the time. Exactly, kind of it'll be like you're playing high school yeah. and like yeah. you're just shooting it with your friends, you know. So hopefully there there's some positives that come out of it. But yeah, and Tuck, if you're down the third baseline, you won't get any like tomatoes or like, hey camera guy, like that's what I'm saying. Are you like, the one banging on the trash can? Like I'll I'll get you. They won't have anybody yelling at him. So <laughs> there's good have, and bad. Do we have definitive proof that they were banging on the trash can? <laughs> no comment, honestly. No comment. Plead the fifth. No, just plead the plead the fifth. You don't have to. I'm not. That wasn't actually okay, a real question. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's yeah, all my gonna, questions. We have. There's so many things we could talk about, but we, we're gonna we've turn, been, we're gonna turn this interview around. Though. An hour fifty. That long. Yeah. It was an hour and fifty. Yeah. That's what about what about the margarita incident? How long was that? Oh yeah, that was like two minutes. Okay, <laughs> so we got. <laughs> Anyways, that's it. you had to cut that down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, well, I'll I'll trim. I'll take a lot of lights and ums out just to make it sound a little bit better. But no, that was awesome. A lot of good stuff. I learned a that lot was of stuff. Great. Jared, I learned a lot. Jared yeah, learned how to make a, the best PB and J you could ever make. Yeah. Wait. Wow. That was crazy. So, yeah, do, wait. Do we have to try the PB and J? We can if we want. <laughs> it's just Wonder Bread and like and like. What Peter, Peter Pan? Did I kind of make, make him a little, a little nervous? He literally had no idea you're gonna give that answer. He was so <laughs> taken back. He was like, "Oh, make your own jam." Yeah, I, I didn't like, even know you could do that. Huh? I know. I was like, "What does that even mean?" Uh, well, that's awesome, Brian. Thanks for your time, man. You got it. Uh, it I'm happy. Any way we can help, uh, we'll we'll drive this out yeah, there. We'll mark, we'll mark it as much as we can. Put out some content, dude. But. Thank you. Thanks for the business. Thank you all. That's it, man. Yeah. That's a wrap. Thanks. I love you guys.